Hey, welcome to Younger and Older. This is Jason and Dave hanging out at the studios at Silverbridge Ranch in the Northwoods of Wisconsin. And today I would say the winter wonderland of Wisconsin. Because here on the campus of Silverbridge Ranch, it is, we woke up this morning, we had a fresh snowfall of about eight inches, I would say. Yeah. A heavy eight inches, but it's covering the trees and you walk outside and you're just stunned with the beauty. Um, it's one of those that you would take a picture of for a, a, a like a winter scene postcard or Christmas scene, play some Christmas music in the background, have these pictures kind of filing through. Yeah, you know, that'd be kind of fun because uh, we were re- my wife and I were recently in Arizona and on their TV. You know, it's hard to figure Christmas in Arizona <laughs> they, they have, or any warm climate. Yeah, they have lights out and that kind of thing, but yeah. it's really it's warm. They have cactus growing. It's and true. It, just hard yeah but but so on the tv of the place we were staying they had the um they had a scene a winter scene that was very much like today with christmas music and they watch that all the time so it's just like oh i can just look out my window and see that and that's exactly what it is today all the the fir trees are all just bent over full of the perfect snowstorm it rained first froze it was just a little wet and the snow started so it stuck to every branch yeah. And that has to be perfect conditions for that. And it really is out there. So Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful. So uh, it, it's a fun time of year. And I tell you, it just amplifies the experience you can have up at camp. I encourage you, if you haven't had a chance to come up here, um, even if you're far away listening, it, it's crazy because we have an MBI student. So we, we also, here on the campus of Silberch Ranch, we host a one-year Bible college program called Nicolet Bible Institute. And each year we have anywhere between 20 and 30 students. Right. And we're always looking for more. Um, it's a great way to kind of lay a solid biblical foundation for whatever you do in life. And so you come and do, you do some classes that can transfer over for college credit. But then you get set up to be mentored throughout the year. Um, you get set up to learn how to serve within the context of Christian camping. So it's really just an all-around great experience. But one of the students that we have this year actually heard about it through this show, through this podcast. Yep. Um, and so if you're out there thinking, man, I'm looking for something different to do, you know, whether you want to take a break from being in college, you know, and just say, you know, I just need something to refresh. Maybe you're not in college yet. You're, you have a, you know, you're a senior or maybe you're a parent and you're like, man, that sounds great for my kid. Uh, I would love for you guys to check us out because the opportunities that we have here is life changing. Um, so head over to NicolayBibleInstitute.org or go to SilverBridgeRanch.org. And if you scroll down to the bottom, there's a link for all of our ministries. Um, Very good. Yeah, I encourage you. I love teaching the Nicolay Bible Institute students. And really, I think uh, every family should have in a calendar times where they get away from their norm. You know, we've often talked about it. A change of place and a change of pace will challenge your perspective. But you have to do that on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. If you don't do it regularly, you're going to be in trouble. I know my wife and I went through a year where she had cancer, and we weren't able to get away at all during that year. And I think it was a tougher mental year because of the fact that you can't get away a little bit and look back. Whenever I go away for any reason, I come back, I'm all excited to get back to work. I'm excited to get back into what God's given us here. And after you know, just staying in the same you know, place and space, and you, you tend to forget things that you should remember. Yeah. And you go away, and, and they become more apparent. And so that's what camp is for many people. Absolutely. We, you know, we have family camps. We have youth camps. Uh, we have the Wolf River Refuge, which is a unique place to bring a small group mm-hmm. and discipleship, and you can check that out. And uh, we encourage you, spend time uh, 
checking out the various things that you need to do in order to get away and, and renew your mind. In fact, in the Bible, there's several reminders. There's several places where God says, don't forget, be reminded of this. Now, I'm, I'm wondering, you think that everyone who reads the Bible is old where they are forgetting things? No. No. So d- probably it's normal for people to get involved in things and forget things. Oh, totally. You know, so, you know, I know I can. I, I can be out in the garage working on something, and I'm supposed to be somewhere else, but I'm totally engrossed in what I'm doing. And all of a sudden, I look at my watch and go, uh-oh. Yep. I was supposed to be somewhere else. So I forgot. Uh, likewise, people forget birthdays. They forget anniversaries. Of course, I've never forgotten mine. <laughs> I, I, I've heard that there are people that forget anniversaries. <laughs> uh, they forget things. Yeah. And and so what I want to do is say, are there things in the Bible that God told us, remember this, remember mm-hmm. this. And I'm wondering, you, Jason, again, reminding the, the people that are listening, you have three young sons. Yeah. And I'm thinking, okay, how does a family even think about this? When God says, remember, how do you do that? And not do it in a way that becomes so kind of legalistic that it becomes a, a ritual that kids don't, you know, can't wait to get away from. Right. Because something's going on. But um, anyway, there's several listed in the Bible. Let me get start with number one that, that we found. We went to a website, found a bunch of things that said, remember. And... Um, I want to read the first one. First one says, remember how God delivered the Israelites. And that's from Exodus 13, 3. And Moses said to the people, remember this day, which you went out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage, for by strength of the hand of the Lord brought you out of this place. Why should we remember that in the first place? I, th- I think it, it shows um, not only God's faithfulness, but it shows God's deliverance. Okay. You know, I mean, in that sense, he delivered them out of the bondage of slavery. And I think that that foreshadowed what Jesus has done for us. And I think that's why it's important because it's the same God that hasn't changed. And Jesus has has delivered us, brought us out of the bondage of slavery from sin. Right. And so I think that's that deliverance um, is important to remember um, because it's an everyday impact for us. Now, I'm wondering, your oldest son is how old? He's nine. Nine yeah. years old. So I imagine you could sit down with them and say, you know, God tells us to remember this and read that verse. Yeah. And ask him, why? Mm-hmm. Why should we remember it and what should we remember? And I bet you if he did that like every year, yeah, he would come up with different things. Mm-hmm. Because he might give you a nine-year-old response now and then maybe, if, you know, you keep it written down somewhere. Yeah. And every six months or a year or whatever, say, remember, we we're supposed to remember this. Yeah. And I, I enjoy having conversations with him now because um, as, as he gets older, it's it's a little bit more natural to have conversations. But even as we talk about God and just various situations or questions that he has, I love the the simplicity right. of his questions and even his contentedness in the answers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's something to that, too. I think as we get older, we try to overcomplicate things. But, but at his age, you know... He takes an answer for an answer, and, and it makes sense. Yeah. Well, you're, and, and that's that's you're, cool to me. Yeah, you're explaining why I love speaking to that age group. Yeah. You know, and you've Absolutely. heard me speak to him. It's always simple. Yeah. It's always like, you know, there's a God, and they go, yeah, yeah, he loves you. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, this isn't hard to understand. Mm-hmm. Now, when you get older, you get all this junk into the mix. Where does all that junk come from? I, it just comes from the dis- deceitfulness of Satan, I would say. Yeah. You know, I mean, when it, when you're younger, it's easier to believe in the in the truth. As you get older, you allow Satan to allow you to question the truth more, and so it it 
complicates things. Yeah, so what you have to do really is realize if God told us these things to remember, then it must mean that Satan works at trying to get us to forget whatever the principles are. Mm-hmm. Um, I was reading the other day and, and looking at uh, Ephesians 6 where it talks about we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. And I was, I was trying to understand why did the Bible use the term wrestle? Why is it, why is it that term? Mm-hmm. And that's a very interesting term that it's used. So what it, if you ever wrestled? Oh, yeah. Have you ever wrestled like on a team? No, no. Okay, I did once and I quit because I didn't like my face being rubbed in a mat. Mm. I, I thought, you know what, there's a lot of sports that can get involved in this one. You got to wear these funny tights. You got <laughs> you, you to gotta wrestle other guys and they push your face in the mat. I don't like it. Yep. So after day one, I left. I said, mm-hmm. no, you guys, I'm not disrespecting wrestlers i'm saying i don't want anything to do with it but wrestling is very interesting because what you do is you're very close to the person and you're watching and anticipating their moves yeah and you're countering them before they move you're countering the move and if you can counter their move they can't do it yeah and that's the word that's used in ephesians when it's talking about we don't wrestle against flesh and blood we don't wrestle against each other we actually wrestle against satan and the prince of the power of the air, we, we wrestle against his team. So what Satan's doing is he's he's watching, and, and this gets parents ticked when you say it, but he's watching your kids. Yeah. And he wants to wrestle them. He knows the move that they're going to make. He's anticipating. Now, the interesting thing, too, about wrestling is you can say, well, he should do this move, but yeah. he might not. So you're already countering, you know, you're countering a move that, May or may not happen. And and while you're wrestling, if you're a smart wrestler, you're going, he's thinking I'm going to do this. I'm not going to do it. So he'll do this and I'll do this. Yeah. So you're you're constantly thinking that counter move Mm -hmm. to get him where you can pin him. And the goal is obviously to pin him. Yep. Or to wear him out so pinning him is easy. So that's the goal in, in wrestling and do it in a certain time. So as I look at this, I think, okay, God tells us, remember. Remember that God delivered the, the Israel Israelites. Remember Moses. Remember that story because that's a counter move to something that Satan is going to throw at you. Mm-hmm. And when you put it in that context, it's like how fun would it be to have, have your son start to look at, oh, that's, you know, what you could do is go look at for some moves, uh, wrestling moves on, on online. YouTube. I'm sure they're there. <laughs> I'm sure. And, and, and go and, and say, hey, you know, if you wrestle, here's a move and here's what you should do. Yeah. And then you talk about that verse in Ephesians. And then you talk about stuff like this and say, okay, wh- what is it he's countering here? Mm-hmm. What What is it? You know, because if I look at the children of Israel, I, there's so many things I think there. You know, God forgot us. We're slaves in Egypt. Oh, really? Remember? Mm-hmm. You remember how you got there in the first place? Yep. So, I mean, you can go back and all of a sudden you got all these counter moves. Now Satan doesn't have anything. Mm-hmm. Because you just countered all his moves. Right. And maybe all the stuff that we remember in the Bible are told to remember, that's the context because it's the counter move. Absolutely. And I think it's so important because even in the New Testament, you look at how much importance was even put on remembering the things that were said before. Right. You know, why? Because the more you know it and remember it, the more it helps you counter the moves. Yeah. You know. You know, some people read the book of Proverbs. They read one chapter a day every month. Yeah. And again, okay, some months have 31 days, some have 30. I get it. Don't write me. Uh, but 
the bottom line really is what they're trying to do is counter again anything that Satan might mm-hmm. might come up. Yeah. And if you don't think you need to counter it, you're wrong. If you think, like if you look at your kids and you think, you know, my kids are angels. They just, they really listen to everything I say and, and they're really sheltered. I don't need to counter all that stuff because they're not getting it. No, every human being in their life yeah. will need countermeasures. Mm-hmm. And really, you need to listen to what God's countermeasures are and do those. Mm-hmm. Not say, I can stand up to Satan. The minute you say that, Satan goes, I know how to beat you now. Yeah. Have you have you trust in yourself and your own strength? And your, I know how to beat you. But when you're looking at it going to, okay, God, I remember that Satan can't beat you. I remember what you did to the children of Israel while they were in Egypt. Mm-hmm. And I even remember now, you can go back in the stories, you know, I remember the children of Israel, they would complain about, you know, remembering the food in Egypt. I bet you that's something Satan could use against me. I could think it was so much better over somewhere else. Or, You know, those are so many things you could talk about and remember. Uh, the second thing listed on this website is remember the Sabbath, Exodus 28 to 10. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But on the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. Why would they do that? You know, I think it's important. I mean, that goes back to when God created everything. You know, he created everything and then he rested. And I think there's some, especially, there's some intentionality behind that. And I think God wants us to take a break from the everyday to not only rest, but in the process of resting, it helps us to refocus and remember. Right. And so by remembering the Sabbath or remembering to take a day off, you know, not just a day off from work, but like to do something intentionally different, yeah. it it forces us in, to remember or to be intentional. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. You think it means like a specific day? I, I know in the Old Testament it was Saturday. Yeah. So this was a specific day and they... They came up with all kinds of silly rules that right. that made it so you still were resting, but you could take 750 steps if you said took 751 or whatever. Maybe right. you'd be working. So, do you think it's do you think it's a general principle or is it a specific day? I think it's a principle. Okay. You know, I don't think it necessarily has got to be a Saturday or a Sunday. You know, because everybody's different. Um, I think that I think the whole principle behind it is, you know, there has to be a day where you do something different. Right. You know, because I mean, for example, you look at say pastors, you know, they're probably busiest day of the week is the weekend. Right. You know, whether it's Sunday or leading into it, you know, they're, they're probably the lightest day of the week is maybe Monday. Right. You know, and so I would argue that Monday is probably their Sabbath. Right. You know, their, their day where they can, they can yeah. rest, you know, or, or whatever, whatever it is that you do for a living. You know, I think that the principle behind it, we've talked about this before, you know, it's the principle behind things that you want to take away. Yeah. You know, um, because even the, you mentioned like in the, in scripture, it was Saturday, right? you know, but in our modern calendar, even, even churches on Sunday now, right. you know, and some people argue against that, but it's, it's the principle behind it. Right. You know, you know, I think, I think there's, when you broaden the principle, just like with your kids, if you're talking about wrestling, you're talking about, you're broadening the principle a little bit. Yeah. Just looking at, okay, remember God and the children of Israel, we got that. The Sabbath. What does that say about me as a human? It says that I am very capable of getting myself involved in things and forgetting what's important. Mm-hmm. So that's what it says about me. Yeah. Now, I may, I may say, no, I always remember what's important. No, I, I really don't. Yeah. You know, I mean, I can get out there right now up at Silver Birch Ranch and Nicolay Bible Institute. It's snowing heavily. 
I could get out there and spend time totally just shoveling snow and cleaning things up and forget everything else I need to do. Right. Now, is is that important? Not to a certain degree, but there might be other things that are more important. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've shared before on Younger Older that my wife and I go for a walk every day. Well, we probably won't today because of the snow. But every day that we can, we go for a walk. And it's really, I'll, I'll bet you, if you were to average it out, we probably get in six days a week where we walk. Yeah. Now, the reason we do that is because of this principle. It's not because we're taking a Sabbath. It's because any couples that are home are distracted yeah. by what's at home. Mm-hmm. You have three children. If you and your wife want to spend time together and they're all running around the house and doing things and getting your, you're not spending that much quality time talking. No. Now, you, you might say, well, what do you do? Tell them all the, you know, it's up to you. I know for our kids when they were growing up, we gave them a mandatory quiet time in their room every day. Yeah. We said, you know, for I forget how long, reading time or whatever it might be, from this time to this time, you are going to go shut your door in your room and you are going to be involved in reading, yeah. quiet, something that is more calming and educational. So we're going to do that every day. Yeah. Now, again, that would give mom a chance to read. It would give, you know, and, and of course, in this day and age, I don't know what the rules would be because there's so many electronics and that kind of thing. So right. oh, what, totally. what, whatever, yeah. however you do it. But the other thing that we realized years ago was that, um, you know, if Linda and I do this walk that we do, well, that that allows us to get away from everything that we're looking at at the house that distracts. Mm-hmm. And there's things that just distract. I mean, I, when I walk around the house, I'm constantly going, I got to fix that. Oh, yeah. It, oh, that needs my attention. Or, you know, that curtain needs to, whatever it might be. So when we go for a walk, I don't have that. Mm-hmm. And we find that when we go for a walk, we can actually connect with each other a whole lot better. Yeah. Um, and I've heard guys at marriage seminars and say, you should take time, you know, sit and just talk. And it's like, you know, I don't know if I like just sitting there staring at my wife talking to her. Mm-hmm. I think I talk better when we walk. Yeah. And, and, you know, some guys are saying, oh, man, if I said that, my wife would get all upset with me. Probably not. She probably already knows it. Right. So go do something. Sometimes you talk better if you're stacking wood. Sometimes right. you talk better if you're you're doing something else. So I think this this idea of a Sabbath and remembering it, I think the principle is I'm a distracted person. I need to, when I meet with God, meet in a place where I'm not as distracted. Mm-hmm. So I have a room in my house where I get to look out windows and look at, the, look at nature, and that's where I meet with God. But I don't get to see the rest of the work that needs to be done in the house. I'm looking out in the woods. And that can be distracting in itself. At times. Right, especially but if your wood pile is dwindling. If my wood pile is dwindling. Or, or it's you. deer hunting season. I see a big deer out there. Uh, <laughs> you, 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 you can all of a sudden get very distracted. Um, but, you know, the, the Bible's interesting as it tells us when you pray, you know, go into a closet. Yeah. Why does it say that? That's, that sounds really weird. That does sound weird, but it's the whole point is go to a place where there's no distraction. That's right. Because if I'm talking to you, and somebody's right next to you, and I keep looking at them, and and we're trying to have a conversation, but I keep talking to them. You get frustrated. Right. And that's what we do with God. Totally. Right? And that's why even some of us struggle with our quiet times, you know, because we try to do it in a place with all the noise and hubbub, you know. Yep. Or even in a digital age, we even try to do it on our phone, which for some people works. But for some pe- people, you might be reading your Bible, and all of a sudden this notification pops up, this notification yep. pops up, and, and what does that do? Yeah. You know, maybe but, you need to cancel those notifications while you're doing. 
Yeah, absolutely. But no, I think I, it's a great, it's the principle, like you said, and I think it, it takes intentionality to have that. So think of the value, your son being nine years old, him growing up knowing that, okay, if I'm going to have a really good relationship with somebody, I have to work at non-distracted time with them. Yeah. Now, how many young kids even know that? How many, you know, and, and can express it in a nine-year-old way, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, or if, if I'm going to spend time, you know, learning anything, I need undistracted time. There are all kinds of, in business, they give you all these kinds of ways that you can work where you work for X amount of time and don't be distracted, turn off your phone. Because they realize that. Oh, the, yeah. the, the first time I went to, a, uh, years ago, I was taken to a, a, a time management seminar. They, they wanted to know, they wanted my opinion on something for some reason. And so I went to it and it was a big time. Um, thing that they do a big organization that worked on time management and one of the things that i was amazed at i walked in the office every single office in this place there was nothing on the desk nothing hmm. except for a tape recorder yeah and the very first thing everybody did when they came in was listen to like a 15 minute whatever 15 minute half hour of of, of some kind of something in their area to grow by yeah so nothing on the desk, that's the first thing. And they always, it, this was in a day and age where they had cassette tapes. Yeah. And they always had a speed adjuster and tone adjuster on the tape recorder because it's well known that if you listen, if, if you speak faster, people remember more. Hmm. So th- that's a well-known educational fact. If you read faster, you remember more. If you, if, if you speed up the words, you remember more. Because your brain otherwise goes into listening and I'm thinking about something else mode. Yeah. So I would suggest if you struggle with understanding content when you're reading a book, read it faster. Yeah. If you struggle with listening to a lecture, tape it, go back, speed it up, and let's do it again. Hmm. And, and you'll actually remember more. Interesting. So what's, what, what that says is that our brains actually are wired that way. They're wired in a way where, oh, you know... I don't know. Have you ever sat in church, somebody, you know, speaker speaking, but your mind's going in a bunch of different directions? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's normal. Yeah. So what a pastor needs to do is speak faster. And I guarantee if they speak faster, your mind will start saying, I can't daydream anymore if I'm going to listen. Yeah. And it'll start listening. Because what you're actually doing is listening and daydreaming. You're doing both. Mm -hmm. So you're not doing either very well. Yeah. That's the principle, I think, of the Sabbath. Now, if your son grew up understanding that the mind does that, mm-hmm. think of all the different decisions he'll make at a young age because he's understanding that. And, yeah. I, and I don't know how many nine-year-olds would ever understand it. <laughs> you but never know. Never know. The third thing that's listed here is remember the source of our blessings. Deuteronomy 8.18, and you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant which he swore to your fathers as it is to this day. He wants us to remember that he's the one that gives us the ability to make money. Mm-hmm. That it's not, we don't pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and, and make money. Yeah. So how would you explain that to a nine-year-old? You know, I mean, you go out there and work. We're trying to teach you to work. But it's God who gives you the wealth. Right. So how, how can we get them to understand that at all? Yeah, I, I think it starts slowly. It's explaining that, you know, God, like it's God's money, you know, and he through camp, like, you know, I work at camp in a in ministry context, so right. it's, it, it make, you know, but he, whether it's ministry or not, you just say, you know, God's providing us everything we need. And that's part of that is money. Right. He provides the money we, we need to, 
you know, pay the bills and the electricity and, and all that's a concept to them because, you know, part of it is helping them learn money. Right. And what does that mean? And, and even with that, it could be a blessing and a curse, yep. you know? And so with it, he gives you enough, but then it's up to you to be responsible with it yeah. to, to make sure that you're doing what you need to do with it. Yeah. You know, what I would say that this verse isn't saying is that if I follow God, he's going to make me wealthy. Right. That's not what that's saying. Right. You know, it's just saying that God's going to provide you what you need. Well, and, and basically we understand, I, I mean, it, if you look at your family, my family, I was born in Chicago to Richard and Joyce Wager. Yeah. All right. I didn't have any choice. I wasn't born in Africa in a place or in a poor country. Where, where I had 10 people in one room and made $12 a year. Right. I wasn't born in that situation. I was born in the United States of America, one of the richest countries in the world. You know, and, and so there are so many things in my life when I look at it, I go, I didn't control that. Mm-hmm. I had nothing to say about that. I just showed up one day and I was in their family. Yeah. I'm still living in the United States. I've worked all my life. I'm in that age where I guess I could retire, whatever it might be. But you look at that and go, okay, well, if I was in another country, I wouldn't be in the situation I'm in. I wouldn't be talking about I could retire because you don't work, you don't eat mm-hmm. kind of thing. So I think, again, if I'm talking to your son, I'm, I'm talking about, you know, it looks like you and I have a responsibility to work regardless of whether we make money or not. Mm-hmm. So that's what I want to teach you Yeah, is you get up every day and you go for a purpose and you go for work. And when you work, regardless of what country you're in, there'll be some compensation for it. Right. right. Use it wisely. Mm -hmm. But if you get sick, which you don't control all the time, you can't work anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, when uh, when my wife got cancer, there was a time where she just couldn't work. Yeah. Okay, we don't control that. So, you know, the, the interesting thing is, is in order for us to work and to to have resources, to take care of our family. You got to have healthy, you got to have opportunity. And there's so many things we don't control. We keep patting ourselves on the back saying, I control all this. Mm-hmm. And it's like God's saying, please remember you don't. Please remember I'm the one that controls that. And somehow to, to get a nine-year-old to understand that. If, yeah. if I were working with a nine-year-old today, I would, I would, the only thing I would do with them is teach them to work. Yeah. You know, just go out and work, not for money. Right. Just go out and work. Right, just to be helpful and, yeah. And then when they get paid, it's like, look what they did. They gave me money. And they're thrilled, mm-hmm. you know, rather than they didn't give me enough. Right. Or I'm not going to do it because I'm not going to get anything. That's right. Just right. go do it. right. Go work and understand the responsibility that's out there for people that we're made to work. If you don't work, you don't eat. Mm-hmm. And so go work. And that way, if he ever wants to be a missionary, he can go work for very little. Right. Or he can go work and be a Fortune 500 company, but he always knows that God's the one who allowed him that opportunity, so the money's always God's, and he used it well. So, it, again, it's a great reminder that yeah. we should try and pass on to our children. Yeah, and I think it's, it's like you said, it is a great reminder, and it and helps get at the principle that, you know, sometimes that a lot of times the reward isn't the, the payment. No. It's the process. Oh, absolutely. You know, that's the reward, um, and it's trying to teach that. And knowing that at the end of the day, you know, if you're faithful to do what God has gifted you and called you to do, he's going to provide all your needs. He absolutely is. I and, promise. And I think that's that's the wealth that, that we want, yep. you know, is the wealth of knowing that God has my back covered. 
Um, and so I think, I think as we start to go down this path, we're running out of time on this episode and we're going to continue in another episode as we talk about things that are important to remember. But I encourage you, you know, think about your life and the things that are important for you to remember about God. But for now, we're out of time. So I encourage you to tune in again. But for now, it's Jason and Dave here on Younger and Older. And uh, take care. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.